Dalton takes a shotgun snap. Quick throw. Nice. Caught by it Green. Is. It is a yeah. touchdown. Adriel Jeremiah Green. You don't live in Cleveland. Hello and welcome to episode 72 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that is officially on the clock. Yes, we're back. Nathan's here with me in the sewing room. It's 2020. The optimism is overflowing. The cupeth is overflowing. Welcome to the show. Um, Nathan, hello. Cupeth. Look at you, 2020, you're like, I've got to get the word cuppeth in there early. Like, How are you, my son? You all right? You, you glad to see me back in the UK? Yeah, it's been a while. I feel as though, um, you know... It's, How am I looking? You're looking good. You're looking good. <laughs> you're looking good. You haven't got much you of a... You hesitated a bit there. You haven't got much of a tan from your uh, exploits in LA, mate. It's the winter out there as well, son, you know what I mean? Did you have a good time? Yes, a lovely time. A lot of uh, family visiting and stuff, but... Very, very nice. Um, and good to be back in this raging storm that we exa- have. Exactly, yeah. I remember out of the podcast we did, I was just walking around the neighbourhood. And apologies to anyone who listens yeah, to that podcast. Exactly. I, I, I could hear, I would say, every other word you said for that entire podcast. So at times, I, I, I'd hear you say, like, Boyd, year, player, yards. And I was like, <laughs> I think he's probably asking about Tyler Boyd. So I'd just give an answer on that thing. So anyone that listens to that, Apologies if I sounded a little bit off the kilter. Um, who knew that would turn into some sort of word association? Honestly, game? it was like it was like maybe I, we should do that. <laughs> I should just give you one word and break sentences up and let you guess yeah, uh, what they are. Um, yes, we are back for a couple of three episodes up until the Super Bowl, as we do every year. Um, but there's some, there's a few bits to talk about Bengals-wise. Um, we're going to go through our players of the year a bit later. We're going to be joined uh, by the Athletics Jay Morrison for a bit of a end of season chat to see what his uh, what he's got up his sleeve in terms of any news, any tidbits. Um, and yes, we are going to talk about Joe Burrow. Who? Joe Burrow. Have I missed something? Who's this geezer? Joe Burrow. Uh, free agent is he? Yeah, yeah. He's a new kicker apparently. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. College free agent trial. You know, he's the new Browns head coach. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, I I try to keep Burrow chat to a minimum on this podcast, but the floodgates are open now. Mate, I had a dream about Joe Burrow oh, last night. Dear, no way. Literally, I woke up at five in the morning because I wanted to check the score Raging. and saw they'd hammered him, and everyone was on Twitter going mad about Burrow. He's throwing five touchdowns, ran for one. I went back to sleep till seven, and I had a proper, like, one of those madly vivid oh, dreams. I don't, oh, Me and Joe Burrow were like, hanging out at some event and we're chatting. <laughs> I was introducing myself, saying that, you know, I did Bengals UK. I, honestly, I was in a full-on chat with him, and I woke up. I what was, did he say? Oh, he was quite a nice guy in the dream. <laughs> was he? <laughs> Nothing particularly exciting happened. I just remember me and him chatting, and it was like an evening event going on. Just, okay, let, It was a really boring dream, but he was vividly in it, <clears> and I was chatting to him, and... You know, trying to sort of, you know, trying to play it quite cool. It's yeah. a good dream. Any, uh, no, I won't go there. <laughs> no, no, no. It wasn't no. that sort of dream. Not that it? sort of dream. Not no, yet, no. at least. No, anyway. not, not, <laughs> not until maybe November, December next year. <laughs> yeah, or January, or even February. Yeah, Who knows? Yeah. Um, okay, bit of a news uh, bulletin time. Um, Darren Simmons has been extended. 
not literally, <laughs> but uh, he has signed a new contract, which is good news, right? Yeah. I, and also, sorry to interrupt, he's been got a little bit of promotion to assistant head coach, I think is dessert right oh 100% I mean, we've, we've met Darren haven't we? he's a top bloke and yeah like... I did a wee next to him in the toilets in the Admiralty so I can vouch for his uh, <laughs> excellent for his extension <laughs> but yeah exactly yeah. No, I his think, excellent personality I think around the league he's respected as a special teams coordinator and I think the Bengals probably knew if they weren't to give him something as a sweetener there might have been another team in the in the, the line there because obviously um, Belichick loved him didn't he yeah exactly and obviously one of his um, disciples is it um, Braden Coons Braden Coons he's off yeah off to the Lions so you, you can the tell the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away Nathan. E- exactly and that the coaching tree of Darren Simmons well yeah branch, of one yeah has gone but great you know great to get I mean, that's the one guy on the team with the experience yeah. he knows the way the team works he knows a lot of the players and that special teams unit, um, as we'll come on to later, one of the best in the NFL this year. Uh, the best, actually. The best. The best. Hard to believe, but you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, play. Two other departures. Uh, defensive backs coach Durante Jones has left, uh, and Tem Lukabu has gone as well. Uh, the linebackers coach, he's gone to Boston College, not as uh, defensive coordinator, so good luck to Tem um, he probably saw an accident and thought, right, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Durante Jones, one of Marvin's uh, hires, he's gone. So there's a couple of coaching spots to be filled. Uh, obviously, people got very excited when Wade Phillips uh, got shown the door at the Rams. Bizarre, that. I'm surprised. Yeah, it is a bit of a surprise. But, um, yeah, but people went a bit nuts when... Uh, when and thought, oh, he's, he'd be great for the Bengals. He'd be great for the Bengals, it, and he w- kind of would be. He probably would. It'd be. I feel like it'd be harsh on Anarumo, Anarumo now. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Because I feel like midway through the season, you'd have been like, absolutely do it. Yeah. But I feel like the last six to eight games, he sort of maybe the last six games, he sort of found his feet a bit more, and there was definite, definite improvement on the defense. So mm. I feel like to sack him. After that, be a bit harsh, or am I being a bit too generous? No, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, although Wade Phillips on paper would be, you know, pretty And amazing. he knows Taylor as well. That's the key well, thing. Well, that's it, There's the relationship it? there. It. They both worked at the Rams together. Uh, our special guest today, Jay Morrison, has uh, on his podcast, hear that podcast growling, uh, or growling, um, said that Mark Duffner is a ready-made replacement because of his, uh, well, he used to be a linebacker's coach at the Bengals, uh, back in the 2000s so um, we may see Duffner kind of shift over from his consultant role mm. into linebacker's coach um, like you love a bit of Mark Duffner don't you? I feel like he's, got, he's a bit like BWF something you bring up like a bit more often than needs to be brought up you think so oh yeah, Duffers Duffner you, you and him got a little Duffner you <laughs> the Duffner the Duffinator <laughs> you literally like every so often you'd have to just get his name into the pot most do. Bengals fans wouldn't know him well, they only go. know him through you. I like to think I'm a teacher more than a... He's like personal PR. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Um, um, yes, uh, we made two signings as well at the cornerback position. Winston Rose from the CFL. CFL star. Yeah, uh, I think it's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, I think yes, they're yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. And he got nine interceptions last year leading that league. So on paper, that's, that's potentially a, an interesting signing. And Tony Brown, 
claimed off waivers is ex-Packers cornerback. So you can see what they're doing. They're trying I think a to few stock people up. on Brown tried to claim him as well. We weren't the only ones, which is always a good sign. There's other teams yeah, in the league yeah. that valued him. So certainly some interesting depth going into training camp. There is extensions and interesting depth. It's all getting a bit uh, rude. <laughs> so there's your news bits and pieces. Expect those news bits and pieces to... Uh, actually increase during this off-season. We've got uh, the Senior Bowl coming up in a couple of weeks' time, or even next week, I can't remember. Um, we've got the ongoing sagas with uh, AJ Green and Andy Dalton coming up. We've got free agency at the start of March. Uh, I, I get a feeling it's going to be quite busy around Paul Brown Stadium this off-season. It's going to be probably one of the most exciting and interesting off-seasons, I would say, in the last... 10, 15 years. Exactly. I mean, you've got a number one pick coming in, whoever that may be. You've got your franchise quarterback of the last seven or eight years potentially on his way out. You've got a big, big contract situation with AJ Green. And you've got a second year of Zach Taylor who's got to prove himself. It's a really interesting transition period. Right, let's talk about Joe Burrow real quick before... I mean, we'll go into Joe Burrow in more detail uh, a little bit down the line. But everything's pointing to him being a Bengal next year, right? I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Because you go back three months ago and it was Tua and Burrow was sort of on the fringes and then he just exploded. I mean, a lot of people argue it's the greatest season by a passing quarterback in college football history. There's no argument. It's statistically true. Yeah, and I mean, you look at him and you think he's won a national championship, he's won the Heisman Trophy... He's got every intangible you'd want apart from elite arm strength. He's got the accuracy. He's got the poise in the pocket. He's he, got can, the, he can he chuck can chuck it down the field. Though. Oh, absolutely, and, and accurately. I think he's a leader. Yeah, he's he's got some swagger, which I think you always need at quarterback. You, I mean, if you're the guys in the locker room, you're watching college football, you know about it, and you're like, I want to play for that guy. Are you telling me that you're looking at that O line? And those guys aren't sat there. And people as well, the wide receivers, like, I want to catch him passes from Joe Burrow. Like if you're Alden Tate, if you're Mar- you know, um, Tyler Boyd, you're like, I want to be out there catching passes from this guy because he, he looks like something special. <clears throat> and I think more than anything else, it would be a huge lift in that locker room after the sort of performance that he's going to put on. Yeah, I think I think what I liked about him, like, like about him after finally allowing myself to watch some of his uh, highlights. Um, and, you know, I didn't stay up for the for the National Championship game last night, but I watched everything that I could do this morning. Um, it seems to me that he's got this kind of crazy knack of just making plays when it counts in the big moments. Absolutely. Always keeps his eyes downfield, even when he's kind of extending plays. He's not afraid to chuck it. His deep balls are really accurate, um, and he's, as you say, he's got that. He looks as though he's got that certain something that you need to win big games because he, he just seems unflappable. Really. But he also he's got that certain like quality, that leadership quality, and that certain swagger, but not in an arrogant way, not in a, like Johnny Manziel, a bit reckless sort of way. It's in a sort of like professional, like I know I'm good. I want to win, but I'm not a dickhead. Yeah, type of confidence is how I would look at it. I think that's hugely important. Yeah, I agree. And and you know, you can talk. You know, as much respect as we can pay to Andy Dalton, 
my biggest knock on him was in the big moments, in the big, yeah, 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 yeah big yeah. nationally televised games, the Monday nights, the Sunday nights, he just failed to turn up, and, and that, he he wouldn't. You know, there's a few playoff games that he didn't quite do it. Um, and that's sorry to cut you off there, son, yeah. but like that's the point, isn't it? That national championship game is a much bigger game than a wild card weekend game. Yes, and uh, when Dalton was in, in front, those, in, front in, in the Louisiana Superdome, exactly in front of home crowd, eighty thousand fans going absolutely nuts, and the nation yeah. all knowing it's a big game. Trevor Lawrence against Joe Burrow, like one of the best national championships games in a long time, and he turns up and he plays an absolute blinder. And in the you know the game before that in the playoff against mm. Oklahoma, Wrexham, with a similar audience. Wrexham, he played Wrexham. He played Wrexham away. Wow! I mean, even Wrexham away, he absolutely. <laughs> Joe Burrow tore Wrexham up three-one. <laughs> <laughs> but last night, I mean, he broke record. He's breaking yeah, records. Just six touchdowns last night. I mean, he just—that's what you want—is just unflappable confidence. And I think yeah. for the Bengals. With Andy Dalton, you know, the knock has been on the Bengals for so many years. Or they get to the playoffs, they can't do it. If you want a guy that's going to come in and do it in the playoffs and really show some confidence and swagger and get him over that hurdle, yeah. he certainly looks like the prototype of someone that will do that. Uh, in a word, the Bengals the Bengals draft him? I think you've got to say it's in a word, yes. In a but, sound? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be, I mean, last thought on it. Go Would on. you say it's ninety nine and a half percent? I mean, you never know, so I'm going to go ninety percent. But that's, I mean, you can't get much more. I mean, I think if they didn't, like, what? Do you know what I mean? I mean, even like, there was, there's quite a few people, rightly so, having chats on Twitter and like, you know, being open about it and say, well, what would it take in yeah, theory? Yeah. Well, we've got some questions later about okay. this, so we'll we'll address that a bit later. But let, let's bring in our. Special guest for this evening, shall we? Yes, it's, uh, well, it's a co-presenter of our favourite uh, Bengals podcast, uh, Hear That Podcast Growling, and uh, writer for The Athletic, uh, it's Jay Morrison. Jay, how are you doing? I'm doing great, how are you guys? Yeah, we're good, thank you very much. We're good, just kind of settling back into boring old January. We've got a storm raging over here um today uh, but uh yeah i just wanted to talk to you about how how's this for a segue potential storms at paul brown stadium this off season um we'll talk about joe burrow in a minute because i'm keen to get your thoughts after last night's uh performance in the national championship but um what any any sort of news from pbs you expected to be quiet until the senior bowl any type of news? Yeah, anything going on? Uh, well, they uh, they they lost, which was not a surprise. I don't think he was going to be back once they um, named Darren Simmons or once they re-signed Darren Simmons as their special teams coordinator. But they lost Braden Combs. Um, he took the special teams coordinator job in Detroit. Uh, great opportunity for Braden. Uh, been been at this for a long time. He's still just thirty three, so that's that's young for a coordinator. Um, I, I think that is a great spot for him, and uh, I, I think there'll be a couple other changes on the staff. Um, I, I don't think we're going to see Durante Jones back, the defensive backs coach. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they'll hire a replacement for him or if they'll just have Robert Livingston, who's the current safeties coach, if he'll just coach all DBs. 
Um, but they're, they're going to have this all sorted out before they head down to the Senior Bowl. They took a little break over the weekend. Uh, they are not meeting back up as a staff until Wednesday. So they, they did all their heavy lifting with the the uh, end-of-season player evaluations and, and the, all that type of stuff last week. Uh, took the weekend off, a couple days this week off, and uh, they'll, they'll get right back to it on Wednesday. And we should know by the, the weekend what this, coaching staff's going to look like before they they head down to Mobile for the Senior Bowl. Speaking of uh, players, Jay, um, do you expect some of the players, when do you expect some of the players out of contract uh, to either be let go or uh, retained? When do you think that kind of stuff's going to happen? Well, most of it will be in March, that first week in March when the, when the new league year opens, um, I the, the one that the, the, some of the, the news, you know, like a Cordy Glenn who's under contract, that might come sooner where the Bengals are just going to release him. I still think maybe they could get something for him. I think everybody around the league knows the situation here is unsolvable, so maybe no, no one is willing to, to uh, offer anything too much to trade for Cordy Glenn in, in the hopes that maybe they can just sign him once he's released and not have to give right. anything up. But with the, the state of tackle play in the league being what it is and, and Cordy being a starting left tackle, maybe a team does step up and, and offer a deal uh, just to make sure they get him and, instead of trying to fight for him on the open market. Um, but I, I think most of this activity we're going to see is going to be when the new league year begins. I don't have that date right in front of me. I believe it's the the second Tuesday in March. So whatever that March fourteenth, that kind of sticks in my mind. But that's that's when we're really going to start to see things happen. Uh, before that, they some of these the the restricted free agents, the the um, the uh, the other ones, they could they could re up with those guys. Uh, and, you know anybody else that's that's uh, even the unrestricted guys they could sign to deals before the new league year begins just to prevent them from from going out and testing the open market. But but I, that, you're really going to see that flurry of activity come once the the new league year begins that second Tuesday in March. Um, Jay, in terms of activity, I mean, in the off season so far, there's been a few little whispers around um, the situation with Joe Mixon. Um, talking about sort of potentially could there be a holdout there. What's your take on that? Do you think that's, you know, a possibility? I, I think it's 100% it happens. You know, unless they unless they give him a new deal. Um, but I, I just, it, it's just following the template. I mean, we've seen Melvin Gordon do it. We saw Le'Veon Bell do it. It's just, it's just kind of the, the way things are with running backs right now. They take such a, just such a pounding and their careers are so much shorter and, um, I, I I think it will kill Joe to do it because he loves football that much. But it, it, this is you know his agents telling him what is best for him and for his long term future, you know financially and physically. And I just I, I just can't see him showing up and, and taking part in off season workouts without a new contract. Maybe up to the Bengals when they. When they pull the trigger on that, you you rarely win these kind of standoffs with Mike Brown. Um, so that's what's going to be interesting to watch is if you know if the Bengals do cave and give him that second deal, um, 
or if they they kind of call his bluff and say, hey, this is the reason we signed Giovanni Bernard to another extension uh, yeah. last year. He's basically an insurance policy, and maybe they force Joe Mixon's hand and he gets into the regular season and he starts getting worried about if he's going to have to sit out the entire year. But I, there, there's going to be a holdout at some point. It's just a matter of how long it lasts. That, that's that's going to be the key thing um, because they need that guy. If, if they want to, if they want to get this offense turned around and and really think about it, if, if if they draft Joe Burrow number one overall, like everybody expects, and he shows up in in May for off season workouts, and it's like, well, yeah, your your best wide receiver AJ Green, he's not here. Hey, your best running back, Joe Mixon, he's not here. Yeah. Just work with these other guys. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not a great situation, but I, I think that's what we're going to see. Um, Jay, on that subject, I've got two sort of follow-up questions for you. One is, what do you think will happen based on the current circumstances? And two, if you were Mike Brown and you held the the keys to Paul Brown Stadium, what would be your um, sort of general manager's take on that, and how would you play it? On on which one? On on AJ or on, on Joe? On Joe Mixon. Yeah, I think. I don't know. This, this is really hard. I, I think they'll they'll get something figured out. I just think they, he's too important. They don't have the luxury of of time. They, they've got to get this thing fixed right now. They're, they're losing the fan base with every loss, with every decision they make. More and more people walk away. Um, you know, they, they kind of – the, the reason – like I mentioned, that they don't give running back second contracts is because they do take such a pounding and because you can go get a good running back anywhere. You see undrafted guys mm. end up being pro bowlers all the time. But they, they really kind of eased Joe in his rookie year. Um, he missed a couple games last year. He, he hasn't taken the, the pounding that, that running backs – you know, if you were saying he was a three-year starter, you start already talking about depreciation. That's not really the case with him. He's still getting better. Um I, I would find it. I, I just think if, if maybe if, if Andy was still here and you had that huge contract on him, um, maybe you start thinking differently. But if, if you're moving on from Andy Dalton and possibly moving on from A.J. Green, even if you're not moving on from A.J. Green, I think they're going to they're gonna cut enough other dead weight around the roster where they're really going to have the money <clears throat> to play with. And are you going to go spend that money on guys that you're not sure about, either free agency or, you know, whatever, or are you going to pay a known commodity, the guy who does everything that the organization wants in, in terms of production on the field and attitude off the field, he's been great in community with um, charitable situations. I mean, it's just, it makes too much sense they They've got to keep that guy. Right. Uh, Jay, I'm going to ask you to be uh, some sort of clairvoyant, mystic Jay type of person with his crystal ball. I know you've got one. Um, You give us a name from the free agent pool at the moment, the current free agent pool, uh, not necessarily outside of the organisation, but inside the organisation that are waiting to be extended. Give us a name that's uh, pretty much locked on Extension. It's tough because it's not like in in years past where there've been those 
obvious. I, I, I guess I would start with AJ Green. I just he's gonna be here whether they whether they extend him long term or they put the franchise tag on him. He's he's gonna be here next year, and he's not gonna be happy if he's playing on that on the on the um on the franchise tag. Yeah, but I do see him here. As for other guys, um, man, it's tough. There's, there's no real. I, I do think Nick Vigil will be back. Now, I, I think. Uh, let me let me clarify that they want him back. I, I think he played well enough once they got rid of Preston Brown to show some promise. Um, maybe he wants a, a different situation. Maybe he wants to go out and test the open market. I don't. I can't see a team paying him a ton of money. Um, but I do. I think that's a guy that, that they will bring back. And another one that this is this is important, where it's a two-way street. But Clayton Fedulum, the the backup mm. safety, who is really good on special teams, he was a Pro Bowl alternate last year. Um, they, I think he he has a lot of value on this team. He's a former seventh-round pick. Again, he's not a guy that's going to break the bank in CA free agency. But they hardly used him at all um, on defense. Brandon Wilson kind of jumped into that backup safety spot, mm. and. It, it seems like Clayton wants his chance to play some defense. So maybe they promise him that. Maybe they say, hey, we're going to use Sean Williams more as a linebacker next year, and, and you'll get some more run. But um, those are those are guys – I'm sorry I'm not really giving you an, an accurate prediction. <laughs> um, but if I, if, I had to, if I had to say this is a guy that I see definitely back, I, I would give Vigil. I just think that um, – He's still kind of scratching the surface. I don't think he's leveled off. I think he can get better, and we saw him get better as last year went along. Um, and I think he does want to be here. So I do think he'll be the guy that the, the, of the, all the free agents going into this season. He'll be the one definitely back. And conversely, which free agent uh, isn't going to be back? Uh, Tyler Eifert. It's just it, it, the irony there is so rich that. He finally, for the first time in his career, played a 16-game season, and they're going to move on from him. But that, it shows that they're going to move on from him because he was healthy. He played all 16 games. He was healthy all year, and they still barely used him. This is just a, an offense. It's not a. It's puzzling because it's the, the offense doesn't use tight ends at all, and they went out and used a second-round pick on a tight end last year. But I, I just think... Tyler's going to get a chance to, to go play somewhere uh, for a good team and maybe get into the playoffs. It, it, it's, it's going to be a couple years here. He's, he's, he's winding down. I, I, he likes it here. He likes his teammates. He's really that, – that tight end room is probably the closest group on the team in terms of the guys in that room and how they feel about each other, um, You know, not just in the locker room but off the field as friends. But I, I just think that he, he's not a fit here, not with, not with Zach's offense, and uh, I can't see them um, re-signing him. Jay, we can't um, have this chat with you without talking about Joe Burrow. Um, I think all Bengals fans, that's the real sense of optimism they've got at the moment of you know the future and what that's going to involve. And after the national championship game last night, like, what were your thoughts on Joe Burrow? And you know, do, I know you put out a Twitter poll saying, do you think the Bengals, you know, should draft Joe Burrow? And you got ninety six percent, which I think really, you know, if it was all Bengals fans voting, probably would have been a hundred percent. What what do you think the odds of the Bengals drafting him are, and how? What what's your opinion on him overall? 
Well, I'd say the odds are 99%. They should be 100%. There's, there's no way they can screw this up. I mean, even if, even if you look at a, a trade offer where a team comes in and, and gives you something that on the surface the trade itself looks like a good trade, a, um, a package that's too good to turn down, they have to turn it down. It's, it's just where this franchise is right now. You are the, the fan base is teetering on the edge, and if, if, if they blow this, they don't take Joe Burrow, I just think the fans are going to turn on him, and they, they can't afford to do that. They, they, everything they want is right there. He's not the greatest quarterback prospect to ever come along. He, he's not even the greatest quarterback prospect that's playing the college game right now. That's Trevor Lawrence. But you have a shot. You have the number one overall pick. You have a chance to get this guy. Get him. Don't screw it up. It, it's right there in your lap. Don't screw it up. Take him. Build, build everything around him. And, and as far as the, the championship game um, Monday night, I guess would have been Tuesday morning, your guys' time, yeah. it, was, it was everything we've seen. It, it, he, he's just incredibly accurate, throwing these, these amazing passes. That's not what stood out because we've seen that all year. What stood out to me is he got his butt kicked. I mean, he was – Clemson kind of surprised him, and they were playing man coverage, and they were blitzing like crazy, and he was getting sacked and pressured and hit, and they punted their first three possessions, and it was like, oh, my God, this has never happened before. How's, how's he going to react? And we saw how he reacted. He threw for 469 yards and five touchdowns and ran for another touchdown. It was the Joe Burrow we've always seen. Him coming back from that shaky start just really kind of solidified everything you thought he could be. And then right before halftime, he takes that massive shot, and there's rumors that maybe he's got a broken rib, and he comes back out at halftime and not only plays great, but he's no fear whatsoever. He's tucking the ball and running when he needs to. He's taking tackles, uh, or he's getting tackled in the field of play after scrambling for first downs. It just, it was a really, really impressive performance from that, that standpoint. Just take all the throws out of it. Just the way he conducted himself and the way he kept that team together and the way they rallied to, to win a national championship. That's, that's what Bengal fans have been looking for forever is them to, to play well in big games. And you can, it never happens. They lose in playoffs. They lose on these primetime games. Here you've got a guy out there that fits your team perfectly, that has all that moxie, all that big game persona, go get him. No excuses. Go get him. I, I completely agree with Joe. I mean, what, one question, like slightly negatively, uh, that I want to ask you is obviously Joe Burrow at the moment, you know, the hottest property in college football. Do you think there's any chance? I mean, I know he's you know, from Athens, Ohio originally. I believe he's a Cleveland Cavaliers fan for basketball. Do you think there's any, you know, worry from him about coming to the Bengals, knowing anything about? you know, the Brown family or the organization or anything like that. Do you think, in his mind, Bengals drafting number one overall, there's any issues with getting the contract done? Is there any issues with him not particularly wanting to come to Cincinnati? How do you think his attitude will be there? Do you think, you know, knowing he's from Ohio, do you think that's going to be a lucrative option for him? Like, How, how do you see that shaking out? Yeah, I'm sure in the back of his mind there's a little trepidation about, oh, gosh, this is this is a team that hasn't won a playoff game in 30 years. and But I, I think that's part of his makeup is I can go I can go be the guy. I can yeah, be the yeah. guy to turn this around. I, I can, uh, you know, I've got this in me. I can do it. And 
if you think, like, his only other option, the, the contract's not a deal because once they draft him, that, that's all kind of slotted. Um, it's just about guarantees and, and, you know, other stuff surrounding it. But the, the main chunk, the main meat of the contract is all predetermined. The only other issue would be is if Joe Burrow didn't want to come here and decided he wasn't going to and would take his chances, you know, next year with the draft. And I'm not even sure how that works because once the Bengals draft him, I'm not sure how long they own his rights if they don't actually sign a contract. But I can't see Joe doing that because he's not going to be the number one overall pick. These guys these guys have egos and there's a a badge of honor that comes with being the number one overall pick. And if he were to some reason hold out and, and wait till next year, he's not going to be the number one overall pick. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence, and he may fall even farther because people are going to be like, hey, he's been away from the game for a whole year. Uh, I just don't see it happening. Being an Ohio guy, his family can come to every single game without issue. Um, he, he can have the, the whole city, county of Athens, um, Flying Bengal flags, and mm-hmm. it just makes it, it, it lines up too perfectly. I just I can't see there's any way that that he would turn the Bengals down if they take him number one overall and, and stage some sort of holdout. Well, Jay, I think uh, that will please uh, lots and lots of Bengals fans who've been clamoring for this since about I don't know mid September last year, maybe. I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, thank you so much. I, I believe that you'll go off to the Senior Bowl next week, and then you know the draft, and then be free agency. Obviously, it's going to be a busy off season there, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. We've got the uh, Senior Bowl next week, and then with the Bengals coaching in it, um, Paul will be down there. Paul Daner, who, who yeah. does hear that podcast growling with me, he'll be there for a few days. I'm going to be there all week. I'll be there Monday through Saturday. I'm staying for the game. So, and then uh, the next month is the combine in indianapolis mm-hmm. that's going to be a, a, a week-long big deal and then a couple weeks after that free agency starts and then you've got the uh the league meetings in florida at the end of march and then of course the april the draft in april and then mini camps in may and then before you know it we're back sweating to death in july with training camp and <laughs> seeing how year two goes with zach taylor it's a it's a very short off season in the nfl mm-hmm. in a word before i let you go the Bengals can turn if they play it right. They can turn this around quite quickly. Do you think? Yes, um, I don't think I, I don't see them being in a playoff hunt next year. But twenty twenty one is that's where everything lines up. If they show significant progress next year, and Joe Burrow is everything they thought he was going to be, and they 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 dip their toe into the free agency waters uh, a little deeper than they have in the past. And, and Zach Taylor continues to grow uh, as a coach and as a leader. Um, I, I still, I'm, I'm stunned. I said before this year started, I thought this offense could be a top ten offense. That was before we knew they weren't going to have Jonah Williams and AJ Green. You're basically going to have three first round picks next year because you're going to get Jonah Williams back. You're going to get AJ Green back. You're going to have Joe Burrow presumably. It's just this team is not as bad as as what the perception is and and i do think that they can get this turned around rather quickly look at the final four teams right now um playing together the super bowl this week you have a first year coach in matt lafleur in green bay you have a second year coach in mike bramel in tennessee and you have a third year coach in kyle shanahan in san francisco you get these smart young coaches in there and get the pieces around them things can change quickly there you go that's what we like to hear and end thing the first proper 
because we did a big uh, Sam White tribute episode last week. So this is our really first big episode of 2020. So thank you for being positive, Jay. Hey, uh, uh, that's, that's me. I'm, I'm positive, Jay. It's Paul Downer Jr. I'm the counterbalance to him. I, I try to keep things light and positive. <laughs> Well, you can follow Jay on Twitter at Jay Morrison, ath, A-T-H. And, of course, please do subscribe to The Athletic. It's really good value, and it's absolutely packed with uh, incredible articles, not just on the Bengals. So go ahead, and uh, if you've still got some money left from Christmas, treat yourself. Uh, Jay, it's always a pleasure, mate. Uh, thank you so much for the time. Cheers, Jay. Thank you, mate. Uh, great talking to you guys. Happy New Year. Well, there we go. That was the uh, fantastic Jay Morrison of The Athletic. Always a pleasure to talk to Jay. Uh, he was over in London last year, and it was very nice to meet him. He's a good guy, I reckon, to go for a pint with Jay. You reckon? He's just a sound guy, isn't he? Yeah, no, I agree, absolutely. Yeah, and some of the stories that he comes out on, uh, hear that podcast growling about his mullet days. <laughs> uh, uh, fantastic. But he said a lot of interesting things, and... I think we wanted to get him on at this stage because it is just about the start of the off season, really. Mm. Um, things are happening, obviously, the Senior Bowl next week and free agency and all these contracts. There's a lot of people out of contract there. Yeah. Um, and he gave us a bit of a, a few tidbits there, I think. There's some really interesting things to coming up, really. Well, I think the thing with um, about the Joe Mixon contract holdout, I mean, it's, it's, it's wild because... I had no idea. <clears throat> I think it was um, Paul Dania that said that it was going to happen. He was certain of it, and the mix and even was, you know, looking to hold out the year before, but then realised it wasn't that year. And it's, I would have had no idea about that. And I think that's going to be a story that hits national news waves yeah, probably in I a few so. months. And that's a big thing for the Bengals, bigger than any of us thought, because he's under well, contract you might for have, you might year. Have, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact is that you, you might have Joe Mixon and AJ Green holding out well, of old exactly. OTAs. And, and realistically, like, take, you know, I mean, Green hasn't played for a year and a half. And this is me saying this, which says a lot. Mixon's our best offensive player, talent-wise. Yeah. Probably yeah, yeah, he's yeah. our best offensive player. And if he was any other skill position on that offense, any on the line, any at receiver, tight end, you pay him. Yeah, because of the running back, obviously quarterback. If he's a because of the running back position, that's the only reason there's that sort of skepticism around. Like, do we pay him? Mm. Because you know, and Jay made a really, really good point. It's like, well, they paid Giovanni Bernard, and we were saying the whole year, like, why have they paid Giovanni Bernard for? They're not used him, but all of a sudden that makes a little bit more sense with what he said. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. But you know, they also uh, drafted Ronnie Anderson and Trayvon Williams as well, mm. who didn't get yeah. obviously Ronnie Anderson's down injured but maybe that's insurance isn't it because like obviously every Bengals fan wants Mixon back like Jay said you've got Joe Burrow you know possibly you've got to have stud players yeah yeah because as good as Joe Burrow is and we'll talk about Joe Burrow in a bit he needs supporting cast there's no point throwing him out there with you know the the talent of last season expecting anything different than we had and you know but with Mixon it's like do you do you go against the grain and I would. say we're going to pay this guy because, big money as a running back? Because for, first of all, if we get, you know, it's very, very likely that Andy's going to be leaving, right? So, yeah, I agree. You know, take that cap hit off. Cordy Glenn, as Jay was talking about, he's probably going to be going. Yep. Scratch that off the, the cap hit. Yep. Maybe get rid of Dre, Dre Patrick, maybe. You know, there's a few yep. others that will be going. 
and also add on what they've got in the you know cap, cap room. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're looking at like fifty odd million dollars cap room. So why? And if you're going to get Burrow on Burrow in rather, he's going to be on a rookie contract. So it makes you know who what else are you going to spend the money on? Yeah, no, I agree, I agree. You know, he's proven he's got to pay better. someone, haven't you? Yeah, he's yeah, getting yeah, better yeah. every year. Yeah. Uh, why not sign him for another like three, four years? You know, because you're going to get his peak years then. It's hard, isn't it? Because I, I mean, I look back to Jeremy Hill's second round pick, like Joe Mixon, and you know, he had an amazing, I think, first second year, and then all of a sudden, just inexplicably, and that's the thing with running backs is, I, I, you know, t- I'm touching Woody here, like. Mixon gets a hamstring injury. Or he does his ACL. Yeah, absolutely. And then, can, then, and then it's like that's it almost. You know, you that once can you happen lose to your, anyone though. You've can. just got to make your decision on what you know now. But but it's also you know the reason that running backs aren't paid. And you look at Melvin Gordon. You look at Le'Veon Bell and the holdouts that have ha- occurred there. It's like none of those running backs have done well out of it. Melvin Gordon took his. You know, he, Melvin Gordon was highly regarded as a top five running back in the mm, league. Mm. He holds out all of a sudden. Austin Eckler. You know who? who when yeah. at the start of last week comes yeah. in and is an absolute threat. Yeah, but look, look how well they Lady finished five be, and eleven. You know, that's yeah, not yeah. necessarily on there. That's not their true. Fault, but, but in terms of production yeah. and like what it, well, you know, maybe. he does well. And then you look at Le'Veon Bell holds out. You know, indisputably at the time the best running back in the league. Steelers said, you know what, we're not paying you that sort of money. Goes to the Jets, they win four or five games. He averages three yards a carry. And all of a sudden, you'd be like, bloody hell. But that's not necessarily Bell's fault, though. Not necessarily, but, you know, that that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, because if you look No, they're at- horrible. They're horrible because, as you said, the Bengals will get it in the neck because they always do, because they're not willing to pay. Yeah, I agree with you. And then the longer a mix and hold out, fans will turn on him a little bit because they always do. Um, it's just never nice, basically. No, and it's I feel my bad, least favourite. I, I feel bad for running backs because mm. their value to the team is massive. Yeah, but yeah. They're just seen now for some reason. Well, I mean, for, for for I guess a fair reason, as like more dispensable that you can sort of you know replace them quite easily with draft picks and stuff like that, and Indeed. to invest a huge amount of money in them is risky. And it, it is risky. It's but, going to be a really interesting development. But as Jay said, you need to get fans on side, and he's he's a hero with the fans. You yeah, know? yeah, I agree. He's turned his life around from that horrible incident pre-draft. He's become a leader. He's become a talisman. Well, yeah, yeah. Playing really well. I mean, I think you've got to do it. And if Burrow's coming, you've got to have a marquee guy there. Yeah, yeah. Do you think they do it? Like I asked Jay, I'm asking. Oh, yeah, I think they like him a lot. You I think they'll I think extend they will. him and pay him big money? Um, who knows about big money, but I think they'll get a, a, a deal done. 13, 40 million in a year, something like that. Now, all this talk about mixing uh, leads us to our Players of the Year segment. Uh put out a poll a few days ago on Twitter, on a, a Twitter account which is at Hooday underscore UK and uh, we took a poll uh, about eight categories I think there were, were there eight categories, something like that mm. and um, and then we discussed it and added our own sort of group uh, results to the poll results and came up with a final results really, we were like the secret committee uh, the hall of fame committee that's right, right. The you sewing don't see room. us but we impact the results exactly um, so let's go through the uh, offensive player of the year, the candidates were or the nominees were um, one, one of us going to do a Ricky Gervais style like just aggressive <laughs> speech no no uh, Joe Mixon 
1,137 yards, five touchdowns. Tyler Boyd, who caught 90 passes uh, for 1,046 yards, his second straight 1,000-yard uh, season. Uh, Trey Hopkins, who had a much-improved year, probably the only shining, consistent shining light on the offensive line. And Andy Dalton, which sounds like a weird thing to say because he did have a poor year, but he did break some franchise records during, uh, you know, potentially his last year. It's slim pickings. It is slim pickings this year, so do bear with us. Uh, pretty overwhelming, actually. I, I voted for Tyler Boyd, but uh, the majority uh, voted for Joe Mixon. So Joe Mixon is the Bengals UK Player of the Year. Yeah, I offensive th- player of the year. I do big pun. I think. It's, I think him and Boyd ran it close. I think Boyd never did anything spectacular. And he was really, I mean, with with AJ Green out as the he was feature doubled receiver, a lot of times. Yeah, he I, was showing up every game. Amazing grit and determination in that Miami game when he crawled off, hit and limping. Yeah, I agree with you. And and he played the whole year quite hard. I think the thing with Mixon, he, the first eight games he struggled. The last eight games he played extremely well. With Boyd had the consistency, but yeah, yeah a close run between the two of them. Yes, well done, Joe. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year. The nominees were Carlos Dunlaps uh, with his nine sacks. Uh, Gino Atkis- Atkinson. Almost Gino Atkinson. Ron Four. Atkinson. Gino uh, Atkins with uh, another Pro Bowl season. Uh, Old Mother Hubbard with eight and a half sacks. And Darius Phillips with four interceptions. Uh, right at the end there. Again, slim pickings. You could argue that all of them, especially Carlos Dunlap, had a very poor start of the year. Gino was on and off. Um, Sam Hubbard, I would argue, was the most consistent out of that lot. Yeah, I'd agree. It's definitely in terms of most consistent. Darius Phillips looks great for next year. Let's hope he can carry on that good work that yep, he yep. he did uh, right at the end of the season. But, you know, he's a fan favourite, really. And the way he played in the second half of the season was absolutely incredible. Someone, It was almost like someone just switched on a light bulb. Well, there was talk, wasn't there? And I think he came out at the end of the season and said he was injured for the first six, eight games he played through it. Mm. I think that makes a ton of sense looking at his, looking at his productivity at the end of the year because he was like a different player. Absolutely, yeah. So Carlos Dunlap is the Bengals UK Defensive Player of the Year. Now, Special Teams Player of the Year. This was a tight one, tight one. Uh, It was a tie on the Twitter poll between Brandon Wilson, Kevin Huber, our old chum Kev, uh, Randy Bullock and Stanley Morgan Jr. who had an excellent year uh, as a gunner uh, on the Special Teams Unit. And, you know, that was the, the, the... bright spot on the team really uh, the special teams unit um, uh, we went with Brandon Wilson because uh, well Keb won it last year and not that he didn't have a great year because he played very well but when you've got a league leader you can't really vote against him I don't think so Brandon Wilson is our special teams player of the year and good, hopefully good potential for the future years yeah absolutely uh, rookie of the year I mean there was only one win it was a landslide on the Twitter vote uh, it was a landslide within our sort of group vote. Uh, but it's it's worth mentioning uh, Michael Jordan, who came on a little bit towards Late the end of the season. Well. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, Stanley Morgan Jr. for his good work on special teams. 
Damien Willis made a little bit of an yeah. impact earlier on in the season. But really, there's only one guy, really, and that's Jermaine Pratt. Uh, Again, good potential. We need to see Great potential, very good that. tackler. As I say, not quite the kind of player I thought he was going to be. Um, but he looks as though he's switched on. He's shooting gaps well. He's tackling well. He's making plays. Uh, so, yeah, a, a, a good, solid season for uh, Jermaine Pratt. Most improved player. Uh, the nominees were... Uh, Again, Brandon Wilson, who had a, a good year special teams wide and, and flashed a little bit when he played as a sort of backup safety. Josh Tupu on the offensive, yeah, sorry, defensive shout. line, good shout. who who played pretty well throughout the year, yeah. I think. Um, Bobby Hart. <laughs> nice, as most improved. You'd, Again, you'd probably say, slim yeah. pickings this year, but he did improve. I mean, if you're th- thinking about a metric for the most improved, I mean, he's still not... He's still under the league average considerably, but there was improvement with Bobby Hart this yeah, year. Yeah, it, it stands up in court. It does, thank you. <laughs> uh, but the winner, really, was Trey Hopkins. He had a terrific year. He earned the undrafted free agent, uh, took the starting centre job away from Billy Price and uh, made it his own and really was consistent throughout the year. Had a few ups and downs, but mostly very consistent and um, I think was sort of rated in the top 10 by PFF for centres at one point in the league. I think he tailed off a little bit. Yeah, I think I think Trey Hopkins, I think, was, like you said before, the shining light on that line. And we need him to come back next season. They extended him. He's a good guy off the field. He's someone that you want to lead that room going into next year and hopefully build on that. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, it was a great story. He's now got his nice little contract and... Uh, fair it's play nice to little Trey. contract. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a... It's probably a more block. than me and you alone in the yeah, next but, 10 you know, years. In, in, in kind of relative NFL yeah, terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Coach of the year. There was only really one winner for this one. You couldn't really go Jim Turner, could you? You couldn't really go... Uh, well, you couldn't really go Zach or Brian Callahan. No, no, no. There was only one winner, and that was uh, special teams coach uh, Darren Simmons. Congratulations, Darren. Congratulations, Darren. Uh, the game of the year. The nominees were Cleveland at home, Seattle away, Jets at home, Miami away. Um, the Seattle game was good. It's weird that we've got two losses in, in there. Wait, I would have... For me, I don't think it's going to win, so I'm not going to do any spoiler <clears throat> alerts. Oh, it's Seattle game all day. Really? That was a brilliant game. That was a brilliant game of football. It's the only game of the fo- uh, the only game of football... The whole year that I really fully enjoyed <laughs> and felt that we had a chance and everyone yeah. was on the same bloody page yeah, yeah, and everyone yeah. wasn't just. I mean, the, the Miami game was incredible. Do you know what I mean? Like for us to do that, if it was just a football game, there was no extra. Maybe we should have a, we should have had a best sixteen seconds of the of the year or something like that because the Miami game would have won. Well, quite yeah, comfortably. But, but if it wasn't for the Miami, like all that bollocks around, like, oh, we need to lose. Yeah, it would have been fantastic. It was like a normal game. But the Seattle game was a real contest and a real spectacle. And I still think if we'd managed to pull that off, it would have been a different season. I agree. Uh, but Cleveland at home won. So, well, uh, we, that, up your ass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, how can you not enjoy beating Cleveland? I agree. After all the nonsense that we've gone through, all the shit that we've put up with throughout the year, beating Baker Mayfield. 
and uh, being the, being the game that really sealed Freddie Kitchen's fate. I watched that game in a Buffalo Wild Wings in a very like, small town, it was Santa Maria in California on the drive home next to a guy in a Browns jersey. I really enjoyed it. I bet you did. I really enjoyed it. Uh, play of the year. Uh, the nominees were the uh, Ross Redemption catch against Seattle. Yep. Joe Mixon absolutely levelling red wine of Cleveland. Can't remember his first name. He absolutely totaled him, uh, which is very uh, good fun to see. The two-point conversion in Miami, which got a lot of uh, tankers in a bit of a froth. Uh, and Auden Tate. Uh, the ca- I mean, you could pretty much have any catch for Auden Tate, but yeah, yeah. the catch specifically for Auden Tate, the catch versus the Rams at Wembley. Now, uh, on the Twitter poll, uh, Joe Mixon absolutely twatting red wine won. Uh, but we added the uh, group vote to uh, that score. And not surprisingly, the Auden Tate catch at Wembley versus the Rams won. Uh, it was sensational, wasn't it? Yeah, the geezer's absolute dynamite in the air. Isn't it? I'm really, uh, some wag on Twitter made a bit of a quip uh, and said, oh, just imagine Auden Tate can catch uh, passes near his chest next season in reference to Andy Dalton you know, throwing it sort of yeah, miles yeah, yeah, yeah. for 19 feet high. In you the say end. some wag. Some wag, cheeky wag. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, um, so, and the, so that's the player of the year. Um, the only uh, award, I mean... Say award, we're not going to give out anything, really. Um, but there's no prizes. Cash prizes. It's just the kudos of Cash being... Cash bonuses we're offering out. That's right, a fiver each. No. <laughs> £2 for second Packet place. Packet of skips. And <laughs> My skips are all right. I know. Skips are under... You don't see them much anymore, do you? I had a packet at the weekend. You had a packet at the weekend. I did, for the first time in about three years. God, they sizzle on your tongue, don't they? They do. They're a, bit, they're a bit sort of, you know... Where'd you get them from? Uh, motorway right. service stations are my weakness. Really? Because they do bigger bags of crisps. Yeah. They? Grab yeah, bags. Yeah. Mate, wait, you got to get some skips in for the next podcast. All right, let's have a skip I love fest. a bag of skips. We well, can explain to our American fans, friends what skips are. That prawn cocktail flavour, isn't that? Prawn cocktail crisps, or chips, as those guys, <laughs> those guys call them. Um, but they're sort of really they're so light, aren't they? It's almost like then you wouldn't even know you're eating them. You wouldn't. That's the thing. That's why I shovel a hole. I think we should have to see. We should see how many skips <laughs> we can fit in each other's mouths in the next podcast. How about that? Slightly sexual, isn't it? Stuffing it, skips it, in each other's mouths. No. Well, actually, yeah. When because they do taste pretty good. Anyway, uh, we digress as per usual. Um, the player of the year, the overall player of the year. I think it was a toss up between Mixon and Boyd. Um, and Dunlap. Yeah, I, well, again, I think... Dunlap played a good second half. I reckon <laughs> if he was fully fit the whole season, he'd have given it a run. And he's Oh, pa- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a shame. It is a big shame, but it's Mixon. Uh, for the second year in a row, Joe Mixon is the Bengals UK Player of the Year. Well done, Joe. <laughs> Too terrible. I mean, it's hard, isn't it, doing these... You know, when you win two games, do players of the season, you really are like, you know Scra- what I mean? When you win two you're games, scra- that's right. you're yeah. scratching. 
the bottom of the barrel. It's not even the bottom of that barrel. No, we've re- You've gone through the bottom and you're scrambling around. It's like winning the floorboards. It's, it's an absolute consolation award that you. Do. It's like winning the. <laughs> it's like winning the fair play trophy. All right, it? don't do it. It's down, like the man. fair play trophy. This is sorry. actually a prestigious. It's like me winning the runner-up to the best Cincinnati presenter award. <laughs> yeah, which you know is... What I mean? Like, you win it, and I'm sitting there getting my award for the runner-up, and you're like, well, you know what I mean? Maybe we should have another uh, vote, because I think I, I won the Best, best Bengals podcast. You've got, you got Jay Morrison's one, you've got us, you've got Goodbury's one, you got who else? Who, who else? Who else does podcasts? Uh, Tyler and Lindsay's uh, BBP is yeah. still going. Uh, That's four. Uh, Cincy Jungles, Orange five. and Black Insider. Oh, we take them out, <laughs> <laughs> mate. We, if there's a five podcast room, you, for everyone, you, if there's Nathan. five podcasts, really, isn't there? There's no other ones I'm missing. Obvious ones are there. Richard Skinner does one. Who? Richard Skinner. <laughs> no, it's a, right, it's six. With uh, Jeff Hop- uh, Dan Horde and Dave Lapham's Booth Bengals oh, yeah, that's Booth good podcast. To be fair. That's seven. Yeah. Is it seven? There's another couple. Like Mo and mate, you fancy us though? Top five, you reckon? Top three? I don't want to go down this road. There's room for everyone. We're one big happy family. But you've Why got we no ain't happy family. I reckon we need to be a bit like Anchorman <laughs> style with this. Oh, we need to Lord. be top three. I think we. I love Jay, but we're not having him on again. <laughs> He's a rival. Why are we giving him airtime? Do you know what I mean? Like we need to take this market slot by the by the throat. Wow. Why, why, why are we promoting it other people? Do you know what I mean? Like, we're the best in the business. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Right, let's go to our <laughs> correspondence. That's going to get cut out, isn't it? No, it's not. But, uh, you know, you can get us on Twitter at 2day underscore UK uh, and Bengals UK on Facebook. And we have some more correspondence. So thanks very much for getting in touch. Duncan Eden at Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid handle. With his contract up after the postseason, are you looking for a new co-presenter? Letting him try free agency or re-sign Nathan on a podcast-friendly deal? Hashtag curious. Mate, slam down to Funk. This geezer, <laughs> he needs to get, he's, he's tweeting on uh, Twitter tonight about going out to the draft, saying he's got £400 flights on the go. Put his money where his mouth is and get him out to Las Vegas. We need a mouthy northerner out there to to, to <laughs> integrate Joe Burrow to the Bengals UK. Um, well, when you put it like that, maybe we, sh- we shouldn't let Duncan <laughs> yeah. go. We do want them to draft <laughs> Joe Burrow. Let's call the airline, cancel the ticket. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a good question. I'm sure Nathan would like to test the market, but uh, mate, Jay and like Paul Daniel, they, they'd be on the phone. They'd be calls. The would say, my agent would be fielding calls. Away. Cincy Jungle be offering me big money, and I'd be like, obviously, I'm not going to do it for Cincy Jungle. Right, there you go. Uh, well, you know, the agents and my people and the agents are uh, kind of sitting down together. <laughs> All Nathan wants, I think, is a big bag of skips by the sounds of it. Well, so. I'd have a bag of skips to do, son. <laughs> <laughs> You're in, mate. Signed up. That's like three, four years. Signed, <laughs> locked up for another three years. Or you can franchise tag me with like a small bag. Yeah, and then see how see how I am next year with a, with a packet of frazzles <laughs> on it. Anyway, right. Thank you, Duncan. He's got another question later on. Uh, Killian at uh, Malloy underscore double zero. If we draft Burrow, we need to give him weapons to throw to and a defense and O line that can help him out. Would be good to see Jonah Williams and see how he impacts O line Player of the Year toss up between Mixon and Boyd for me. Finally, number one special teams unit. Nice silver lining. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of what we said before, but it, it, bang on the money. 
I mean, Jay spun it quite nicely. There's potential to have three first-round picks on that offence next year. AJ Green coming back. Jonah Williams back, which will be really his rookie year. Mm. Joe Burrow. Um, it's kind of exciting, really. I'm f***ing excited about Joe Burrow. Are you? That's excited I am to put to swear on this podcast I am really excited about it I actually am I I really think that's you know we've been fans you've been fans for a long time but you know longer than I have but I've never seen a quarterback come in to the NFL especially with us having the first round pick with as much Mm. much sort of um, excitement and media attention around it and someone that looks really good he's got swagger and you take him, and he's probably your quarterback for the next five, six, seven, eight, hopefully well, longer. Over a decade, really. Yeah, exactly. And that—that's what we have potentially now. And you know, I—I I started being a Bengals fan the year Carson Palmer, just after the year Carson Palmer was drafted, and didn't necessarily see all that hype back in sort of two thousand two, two thousand three, mm. when he was playing for USC. And with Dalton, it was sort of no one really knew, and it was you know Dalton was good, but he was not the top of that class by any means. You had Cam Newton and some other guys that went before him. So I think for us to get the consensus number one overall quarterback, he's won the Heisman, he's won the um, national championship, he's absolutely revered through the college football ranks. I think it's a very, very exciting time to be a Bengals fan. I agree, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I do think we've got weapons there already. Um, it was interesting, uh, Jay's discussion about Eifert, because if you... He seems sure of that as well. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he left. And I think he would get, you know, there's plenty of people who want him. New England, Seattle, you know, that kind of... Who are we playing at Tino? Just Uzama and Drew well, Sample? Sample will be back, yeah, yeah. God, get better than that. Though. Well, they did, in their kind of shift of scheme and whatnot, that fabled plane journey back from from London, when they kind of sat down and changed a lot and realised they had to change because their scheme wasn't working. And they didn't have the players, more to the point, uh, to make their scheme work. They did start to use the tight ends a hell of a lot more, both in a different way in blocking and also down the stretch. Uh, Tyler Eifert was catching some balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do wonder whether they're going to keep that going again. Well, you've got to get someone. You can't go with CJ and just Drew Samples. Drew Samples are a completely unknown quantity. Yeah. And then... Uzama's a good player and you signed him, but you know, what happens if he goes down? You exactly. can't be down to yeah. Drew Sample. So and I think that may be an area they look at in free agency. Yeah, no, I agree. Pick up someone quite cheap. Or re sign Tyler. I don't think he's gonna be that expensive. Yeah. Again, we're gonna have the cap room. Even even, you know, I think I think uh I got I've got to work it I don't know how to work it out, frankly. The cap space thing is not my area of expertise that has to be said but I'm pretty sure we're going to have a, a, a very healthy fair old whack yeah a fair old you know we've got some notes in our pocket we're going to go out on the town a few cheeky Benjamin Franklin that's right uh, so we'll see uh, TJ Hushmanzada's shiny shoes at TJ's underscore shiny underscore shoes. Solid handle. <laughs> First time calling. You can come again, TJ's shiny shoes. I want to see TJ's shiny shoes. She's a shiny shoe. I can't even say it. Has he got shiny shoes? Did he have shiny shoes? He shined them against the Steelers, didn't he? Did we use a terrible towel to shine uh, them? Of course he did. Oh, that's a guy. Uh, What's what am I thinking? This is what I mean. I talk about me going on free agency. You <laughs> Okay, uh... TJ, she's a shiny shoe, said. 
He put up two pictures of Joe Bureau smoking a cigar. Joe Boy looked like he ain't smoked a cigar before. Do you know what I think? He looked a little bit like... He looked a bit like, I've never done this before. He's like, I'm he's take a big out. inhale with you. Did you see his face? Yeah. He was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I better not cough in front of like national <laughs> television. Uh, he's got some bollocks on him, that Joe Boy. He has. He has. He's got two, apparently. Yeah, Mate, I, I literally, I love, I love a geezer with a bit of swagger. I know That's what I do. want as my quarterback. That's why you like me, isn't it? <laughs> no. Um, so, so Chigay uh, County Hughes put up uh, a picture of Joe Burrow next to a picture of Ian Botham back Ooh. in the day when he won the Ashes. This is a famous cricket player in the in the dressing room after a momentous victory. Uh, he was smoking a cigar and he's asking which national icon did it better. Kige shiny shoes. Mate, that's a good... That's a, I, I literally I want to see this picture. There you go. I mean, that, that like, this is what you want, son. A geezer with some swagger. Cigar swagger. We need to do, after yeah. this... All right, this is, this is... I'm holding you to this. Go on. Cincinnati. Yes. 100th episode. Yes. We're smoking cigars. All right. At Paul Brown Stadium. And we're going to get a picture of us in black and white yeah. With the cigars, right. uh, sort of, we're going to get like Marissa Contepelli with her social media powers <laughs> this going? to get a really good, like you know, like really well like, edited video of me and right. you smoking cigars, All right. like we're the absolute bollocks. Okay, well, I'll just drop Marissa a line, <laughs> shall I? See if she's up for that. Mate, we've got to emulate Joe Burrow and Ian Botham. Absolutely, uh, Nigel Granger at Fleet underscore Risk. Can we get a new O-line coach so we don't so we can protect Burrow? Uh, he thinks we should draft an O-line in the second pick and then linebackers after that. Uh, he also asks what's going to happen to Dollar Gala. At what point is AJ too expensive to keep? Or is it a no-brainer at any price to keep him? Playoffs next year, 50-50 or better. There's a lot going on there in that uh, quadruple. It's almost like hydra-headed question there. I'm going to go Dollar Gala. I... You don't think he's making it? Oh, it's hard, isn't it? Because you, you, how do you cut someone without even knowing what they've got? But it's all in the pre-season for Jake Dolagala. He, he's going to get a chance. You know, Dalton probably is not going to be there. I think it's going to be a Ryan Finley versus Dolagala battle for the backup. I think there's going to be probably a veteran thrown in there as well if Dalton does go. Yeah. Um, and I think it might be a Dolagala versus Finley for the third string job. Um, O-line... Yeah, I mean, the thing that's going to be interesting with O-Line is, it, it, I mean, it's a real shame that Cordy Glenn, by all accounts from the media, seems to be gone. Because he played quite well at the end of last season. He's obviously a he talented guy. He did, he made guy. a difference, I think. Made a I think it's such a shame that Jay's talking about him just going without any compensation. And great that you saved the cap here. But it's, you know, he's a talented it is guy. A shame. Yeah, it is a shame. Um, but can we now talk about Fred Johnson? Well, yeah. Let let. I mean, he played fantastically, and obviously he's from the Steelers, very, which makes it even sweeter. <laughs> yeah. Very small sample size, like a game and a half. But he was outstanding. Yeah, and he was quite good. I think a few people when he was at the Steelers said he yeah, had yeah, some yeah. talent. It wasn't like he was. So you it know, looks as though they've got someone there. Let's yeah. hope he carries on because, you know, they. Goodness me, Michael Jordan took a step forward. Mm. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. They're not going to get rid of Bobby Hart because he's still under contract. Yep. They've got Jonah coming back. I think for Big Fred will kind of take on Bobby Hart for that right tackle position. You've still got John Miller. John Miller, I do think they'll draft another guard, perhaps. 
Uh, there, there, there's definitely you know, room there, to I, bring I, I in a free know. agent offensive lineman, a good free agent off, or uh, draft offensive someone, lineman, you know. and probably still draft someone in the top four rounds. Towards the end of that season, that offensive line wasn't that bad, certainly in pass protection, and they, they were opening up some lanes for Mixon. So it wasn't... You know, I'd, I'd like to see the stats uh, at the end of the season compared to the to the start of the season because they must have been night and day, basically. Are you telling me Joe Boy's not going to fire that line-up? Oh, absolutely. But I'm sure they were fired up with Dalton. But he, you're yeah, right, he's got still, something... It's like, new, it's like a new yeah, line yeah, yeah, that's yeah. out of it. Okay, Duncan Newton, his second question. At Slam Dunk, the funk. Solid handle. I genuinely believe the Bengals trade down in the draft. No one shares his opinion of mine, but I have a feel, funny feeling we do. Discuss. No chance. Madness. And not because it, it doesn't make sense, but I just... Everything is... i tell you why, actually. The Bengals have never shied away from drafting a quarterback, whether it's number one pick, Carson Palmer... Well, it was very, very high. Akili Smith, they told that, you know, the Saints were bringing the whole house uh, for Akili Smith. And and the Bengals said no. Mike Brown likes quarterbacks. I genuinely think he has he won't have a problem in signing uh, Joe Burrow or it, drafting Joe Burrow. I think he'll be up for it. And as I say, we need a quarterback, you know. Uh, you look at, like, Dal- Dalton's on his way out. There's no getting away from it. I yeah. really think that. Yeah. Um, and if you'd asked me, sort of November, actually into December, that trading down is still would would like we said on this podcast. I you know it's a logical way to go about roster building. You know, if you need wholesale change, it's a good way to do it. But I just think you know, looking at how Burrow has has kind of ended the season, how he's handled those massive massive moments. Yeah, I agree. We need someone like that. All the stars have aligned. Everything has come together. Uh, it's an open goal. It's, it is an open goal. It's it, a slam it is, dunk. It? And it's it's all slam dunk the funk. Indeed. <laughs> slam dunk that. But I think what it comes down to as well is even if you're wrong, you're forgiven. If And there's no guarantee. We're talking about Joe Burrow as if he's got you know foregone conclusion he's going to be a fantastic player. Even if he's not, and you plug him in next season, you plug him in the season after that, and the season after that, and he's not a good player, no one's going to say, well, we shouldn't have drafted him. No. Because the consensus is we should have done. He's a special talent. He's coming out. He's from Ohio. He's you know easily the best pick in the draft. There's no reason to take Chase Young. We've got talent on the, uh, the defensive line. He, would he make a difference? He, yeah, he would, but... Not as big a difference Not as, as big a difference. Not, not as, and not Joe just, Burrow could not be a franchise on... quarterback for 15 years. He yeah. could be a quality player at the, at the hardest position to draft for 15 years. Yeah. And even if you're offered a first, a second, a third, and another first, and another second, and another third from Miami, and they throw everything at you, and they're the only team that could do it, and they might do it, it's not worth it. Let, and like Jay said, let, let them be wrong. It, it would just be a catastrophe from the Bengals yeah. to take a deal like that, somehow try and sell it to the fans. Oh, yeah, we've got a great D lineman. And oh, yeah, in the second round this year, like, you know, we got oh, a good pass. Right? It, it just wouldn't sell. Uh, it wouldn't sell. And yeah. even next year, when you've got the two second rounders and Joe Burrow's ro- offensive rookie of the year, you imagine how pissed off fans would be. You I can't ju- let that happen. I just don't think, I just think this, it just makes too much sense. It, it, it's in every, on every level in terms of the fan base, in in terms of juicing up the fan base. Oh, and, that's the thing. And as getting well. getting fans back into that stadium, uh, 
and in terms of on the field, uh, we're finally getting a quarterback as good as Andy's been, potentially. And the, the reason why I wanted to stay quiet about Burrow, I hate building one player up fully agree. to be the saviour. Yeah, absolutely. Because it can absolutely. go wrong and it's not fair. It's just not no, fair. And I think that, uh, that's a, such a good point because next year... Joe Burrow is probably not going to be as good, almost well, not almost certainly, but he's not going to be as good as Dalton. Baker Mayfield was a top pick. Yeah, Sam Darnold was two yeah. or three. You yeah, know? so Josh Josh Rosen. Exactly. So it doesn't always work out, but obviously, this guy is putting up historic numbers. Yeah, he's you know there's there's no there's no negative against him. But he, as good as Kyler Murray's been, you come into the NFL and he's the number one overall pick. You've got Andy Dalton there, who's, you know, eight, nine-year NFL veteran. He knows the system. He knows the team. It's unlikely that Joe Burrow's going to come in in his rookie season and be that good that he's immediately just better than a middle-of-the-pack average you, quarterback. You just never know, though. He but could I, be. I agree with he that. Could but that's be, what but I mean, what I'm saying is like, we can't... Dampen it, exactly, because it's not, it's not going to be... Burrows in and we're a playoff contender. I think that's got to be the. That's got to be. Will, I will take uh, a rookie season from Joe Burrow if he indeed is drafted, and I think he will be by the Bengals. I would take uh, a similar rookie season to Andy Dalton. Uh, yeah, where well, he, cool. yeah, absolutely. Where obviously got to the playoffs, uh, established quickly. How, you know how to run a game, not asked to do too much, mm. but just grow into his role. Uh, and get the rapport with his receivers, whoever they might be. That that's what I'm looking at. A, a smart quarterback who manages games, and then you know occasionally when it needs it to kind of make that big play. But I'd take from Burrow six or seven wins. Honestly, I'd take it six or seven wins. I'd take some excitement. I'd take him to throw for over three and a half thousand yards. Look good. Look the part. Bring some excitement to the city. Fill out that stadium, which I think is one of the most important things. Sell some jerseys. Yeah. And, and really bring us back and with Jay, a view to the year after we go for as it. As Jay said, 2021 is the year that... that Absolutely. You know, it's all hands on deck. Jamie at Trek Quart Beaster is... Uh, there's a three-part uh, question. Are you wearing clothes? Yes, we are. <laughs> the uh, the naked episode will be coming up in, what, February, I would have thought? Yeah, once we've slimmed down after <laughs> Christmas. Uh, two, for me, the first round pick is a formality, but do you think pick 33 is tradable? I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I think that probably Depends is. Yeah, yeah. who's around. There might be a run on quarterbacks, or there might be a glut of quarterbacks at the top of round two. Uh, all the decent linebackers, we'll say, like the top two or three linebackers might have gone first round. There might be some offensive linemen waiting there, some edge rushers. So it just depends which way they want to go. But I think, you know, absolutely. You know, that's another way to get another yep. couple of handy picks, you know. Number three, what is your vote for the least appealing TV show advertised during a football game this year? What's a good I can't remember because they tend to... Sorry, but some of those American dramas look awful, especially CBS ones. God friended me. Yeah, I'm going God friended me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what even is that? Yeah. Anyway, uh, Martin Greer at Martin Greer 73 would you trade this is a good question actually would you trade Dalton Green and Kirkpatrick to the Colts for Quinton Nelson to protect Burrow I would Kirkpatrick and Dalton 100% but I think not having Green back would be a big miss I'm going to say yes it's a good question 
I'm going to say yes. I think Nelson's just Nelson incredible. would be a, a stud for 10 years. He's an absolute monster. Like, he, oh, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, probably I would as well. I probably would. Because Green, realistically, he got... Coming towards the end of his yeah, career. Yeah, I probably would. Two or three years left. He'd be an absolute stud there for the next 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, wouldn't do it. They'd want at least a first. And yeah, and I don't think Dalton's probably a huge upgrade on Brissette, is he? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think the Colts are one of those teams that might be looking at a new quarterback this year. Yeah, possibly, not possibly, possibly, possibly. And finally, we're just going to give um, a quick shout-out to a couple of people... Jess Conley at Jess Ellis Conley. Um, she agrees with... Oh, no, she says Carlos Dunlap is her player of the year. And I asked uh, people on Twitter what, what they're going to be doing from now until the draft to keep them amused. Um, we know what Sam Angel will be doing. Anyway, yeah, I must mention that. Actually, that was... Uh, I misreported that on the Christmas episode. <laughs> I'm not going to go over it again. But Sam, I apologise. Sam didn't do what I said he did on uh, on Christmas Day. Uh, apparently, I got my wires crossed. And it was his brother who went onto Facebook and told, as a, as, a, as a joke, told everyone that Sam, he'd caught his brother Sam doing something unspeakable. It's even worse that you're cleaning it up, son. Well, at least I didn't literally have to clean it up. Anyway, um, right. Uh, Jess said, I do apologise, Jess, to ruin your tweet. Uh, she will be buried in research and essentially living at the hospital until the draft, now, uh, which also marks my graduation. Now, don't worry, listeners. Jess is actually a trainee nurse, uh, so that's why she's going to be in the hospital. Nathan's still chuckling away. Um, but, yeah, best of luck, Jess. I know this has been a, a very long slog for you, so um, Go uh, on, we, Jess. We, we wish you well. So there we are. That is all our correspondence. Thank you very much for getting in touch. Uh, we do appreciate that. Um, watching the uh, championship games this weekend, who do you fancy, Nathan? Oh, man, I was surprised the Packers did the Seahawks. I know Seahawks are the underdogs, but I was... So uh, injured, though, weren't they? Yeah, so. it was a shame. Um, I love the Ravens are out. You know, you just like the yeah. jealousy there. So you know, I think the, I think it's the Chiefs in the AFC. I think the Titans have done an incredible when they job. They stepped on the pedal last week. The I, Chiefs I've got were so much respect for the Titans and Derek Henry and oh. like that running game. And just everyone wants to talk about like these rushing passes and like you know people hauling the ball downfield. But I, I love a bit of that old school. You know, Derek Henry just fucking run out the middle, like knock a few people out. Yeah. Um, I think the Chiefs will do it from the AFC. The NFC is a coin toss. The 49ers... I'm going 49ers. They're, they're, yeah. they're a much better team than the Packers. They are, but I just wonder if the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, you got the mm. experience. Yeah, you never it. know, do you? Um, I agree with you. I'm going to go 49ers and the Chiefs. And that could an be red a Super very Bowl. tasty Inazupper ball. Yes, it could. Because um, you got, yeah. Two uh, very good teams, two good defences, two great offences, two... Uh, Inventive coaches in the Super Bowl. And in the uh, yeah, that is super. That is super. Oh yeah, that is super. That is super. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, grosse arma. I don't know where this is gone. Really, <laughs> I think we should get gone. The Deutsche podcast. No, on Deutsche. Cincinnati. We of Deutsch. Because they've got a huge. Well, say huge, but. Uh, an impressively large Bengals fan group over in Germany. Did you meet, meet the guys? 
Yeah, yeah, in yeah. London. So we should actually we should get. Into Weird, the NFL's that. not hosted another game in Germany because I know they host. Yeah, right that's over right. Here. I'm surprised NFL, with the old yeah. NFL Europe allegiance out yeah, here. They've not yeah. put a game in Absolutely. Berlin. Would you go to Berlin if the Bengals played? Yeah, I would. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. that'd be a really good trip. Actually, yeah, Berlin's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we should actually be finding out pretty soon uh, who's going to be playing at Wembley in Tottenham this mm. year. So. Uh, could the Bengals do it again this year? Would that oh, be? I think it's a good chance. Brilliant if they were. Yeah, really I mean, brilliant. Because I said I, I was having a discussion with someone about this. I think they're contractually. There was two two home games, games in five years. It wasn't. They had to do it. Right. Okay. I think it was that they could do it. But I think the momentum they've got over it is fantastic. And yeah. you know they've had one home game, one away game. It's the fifth year of that agreement. Yeah. I mean, the only thing you would argue, I know, not to go around in circles, but. You're talking about fan bases, and I know the last couple of years the Bengals have struggled to sell out the stadium. And I yeah, think yeah, yeah, you know yeah. going into the season they'll probably struggle again. But you got Joe Boy Burrow coming in. That that guy, that game that stadium is not going to struggle to sell out. No, that's what I worry about. Actually, and that's where tickets? Mike Brown might say, actually, do you know what? I'll keep it at home. Yeah, well, who who would would just because you go sell the London Cincinnati. game out if me and you were playing. But I think if you bring over, you know, at home in Cincinnati. You, yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't agree. know. It'd be, um, it'd be incredible. And I hope they're back, obviously. Yeah. Be interesting. Uh, anyway, that's your lot for today. We, we're nudging the hour and a half mark. So it's a bit of a biggie. So apologies about that. Uh, thank you very much for listening as per usual. Enjoy the championship game. Isn't it lovely to watch games, uh, just watching good teams, good players, without any allegiance just relaxing and enjoying the game that's what I, I love about the playoffs yeah, yeah, yeah. Some just big watching moments, the talent some drama some great talent uh, hopefully the Bengals will be back there pretty soon anyway it only remains for me to say it's a who day from me and it's a who day from me cheers guys and it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation